2: A feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. No worries. So it's very rare that uh, we have two people with accents on this podcast. Um, Let me say this. Rugby fan?
1: Massively, yeah.
2: You know that South Africa is the best rugby team in the world, right?
1: Well, that's um, well, let's leave the rugby conversation. That's 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 can be a sore point at times. That one.
2: Well, this is going to be. I, you know, I try to set it up on a on a humorous note but this is not going to be a humorous podcast and uh, we're not going to tell anyone who you are we're going to keep you completely anonymous based on uh, your desires based on the things that you're about to tell us and uh, we appreciate you coming on i appreciate you reaching out to me over instagram and um, it's got to do with the fight that we are in every single day the fight that we constantly are trying to push, which is conveying the truth around hunting and hunters and who we are and what is necessary from a wildlife management perspective. And, uh, unfortunately the ugly side of that comes out and you've had to experience that ugly side. So I'm not going to do much talking. I'll interject a couple of times. I'm not going to say again, this will be difficult because I, I, I can't, I don't want to say, obviously don't want to say your name. Um, why don't
1: you just go ahead and you know let's go. Right. So obviously in the UK, um I think in our country we are under massive pressure, more so than a lot of the place in Europe and America, with the anti hunting crowd. Um it's not so much anti hunting a lot of it. It's anti people, it's anti we have the same problem with the anti-capitalist movement. They're all the same people and it is getting worse and worse. We have this conflation between animal welfare and animal rights and everybody seems to believe it's the same thing. Um,
2: so describe the difference between the two.
1: Well, animal welfare, everybody's interested in animal welfare. Um, I mean, there's animal rights... Are a totally different thing. Um, people that believe animals have the same rights as humans, and you know they talk on controlled culls or hunting animals for for food, or and it's down. There's a lot of screaming. You're murdering them. You're you, you're out. You're there. You're committing murder. You you can't murder an animal. It's just. Um, we haven't. I'm. Part of um, well, I've, I've been part of the English hunting scene, the fox hunting. Um, don't go so much anymore because of the aggravation involved in that. I am a registered fagical contractor, which is obviously why I'm, legally I'm not allowed to put my name out in public and say I, I this is what I do alongside one of my other jobs, um, which is part of disease control plans. Um, a part of the shooting industry, a lot of game shooting for partridge, pheasants, and grouse. Um, yeah, and with my job, that pretty much sets me at odds to all animal welfare animal rights groups. i the the one guy guy called me the vegan antichrist one day. So
2: wow, the vegan antichrist. Yeah,
1: I've had some. Um, yeah, we've had some serious serious trouble with them. Like I've had uh I've got young young sons, um one very young son, one a bit older. And uh, if Robbie's looked on my Instagram, you'll have seen my son is a massive part of what I do. He's with me he's been out with me with the dogs and the shoot side since he was three years old. He's out with the on the rifles with me a lot now. Um kick and shoot. He knows he knows what he's doing. Um I've had claimed i have been a child abuser because I, I take a child with my son with me. Um, no different to many other fathers do. You know, probably millions of other fathers do around the world. But yeah, um, we've had... Uh, one of the worst cases of, uh, we've had is we've had razor blades sent through the post addressed to my son when he was about four or five at the time. Um so I used to be quite vocal and open on my socials about it, hunting and going forward and I, I, I don't anymore because it, it got serious we had uh, envelopes of white powder sent through once uh, addressed, well they were addressed to me, luckily it was uh, in a talcum powder but that was a police job the razor blaze was a police job we've had vehicles smashed up um, yeah for doing this job we have had people.
2: Give us, uh, for those, obviously there's a lot of people around the world, not just people in the UK listening to this, but there's a lot of people around the world. Explain why you are a government pest controller. Would you call yourself a government pest controller? Well, a yeah,
1: it's, I'm it's classical contractor. Um So in the UK, we have a pretty nasty disease called bovine TB. Um it affects, well, huge numbers of cattle are slaughtered every year because of it. And it's for farms to um, maintain the export market. Now, the animal welfare and animal rights lot will tell you we should be vaccinating and doing this, that, and the other things. The vaccine doesn't work. It, it's it, They keep saying we have to vaccinate more and more and more. More and more trials are being done, and it, it's not working. There isn't a very, a very, effective vaccine out there now cattle are being called in huge numbers huge numbers and one of the biggest vectors for the disease is badgers they're what they call super spreader so they once they've got it they as they're out and about they defecate and piss out all over the ground the cattle graze it cattle pick it up cattle are an end line species when they get tb they section it off so um It'll get in the lungs. They'll set that bit of lung. will die, and that's it. They don't spread right. out as much. But we're killing huge numbers of cattle, and the badgers were protected in the in the UK. Um, but years ago, they used to be badger baiting, and they nearly got wiped out. So, terrier lads hammered them, like hammered them right back to where they were a very rare thing in this country. Uh, they had um, a full protection put on them, and funnily enough as the badger population exploded, which it got to levels it's never been seen before in the UK, the TB levels shot up in cattle. So, a few years ago, the government opted for the badger cult, um, in select areas. Now, that caused outcry. Absolute carnage. Like The first year or two, it was only in two small areas in the country, and I wasn't part of it early on, and I check me out after the lads that were, because they got hammered. They had the aunties out for every night, chasing around with thermals. The, the cost of the call was huge, and that was making the, the headlines, the cost and the problems, because the police were having to be involved the whole time. Um, as it's proven to be more and more effective, it's been rolled out all the bigger areas of the country. The aunties now are spread a lot thinner, so it's, you know... I, I, Last year, I only had. Well, I saw them three times. They didn't see me. The one night, I had them outside our house, smashing, trying, throwing things at the house, screaming and shouting, and yeah. But uh, luckily, I've got a fairly large dog at home. That I let out, and it made an awful lot of noise, and they vanished. Um, but yeah, I, I like when we go out. We're very wary. You make sure nobody's on the road. Nobody sees you going, and you vanish pretty sharp. And like. Yeah, I've got my thermals, my thermals for looking for what's on the floor, but looking for who's watching me as well. You have to be very, very aware when you're out on your own. Like, well,
2: we should, we're not... Let me ask this, let me ask this. If the cops are involved, do they not arrest people like this? Is is there no, like, there's never been a convicted
1: case of... No, no, or not unless it gets really physical. So the favourite thing is they come out and they've got a camera right there. They're waiting for your reaction. Obviously, in, in the UK, it's not like America. So if you're a firearms holder, in America, it's a right to hold a firearm, isn't it? It's classed as a privilege in the UK. Mm. You, you, it's hard work. You've got to do prove you've got a, a need and a reason to have a firearm. Every calibre, you've got to have a specific reason for. And they will take that off you as quick as anything. So they're out there, the aunties, and they're out there with a camera in your, waiting for one flick, one, you do anything. They've got that thing, you're threatening them on camera with a firearm, your tickets are gone, your guns are gone. Like straight away. It's the same with driv- driven chutes, they're having problems with the keep, you know, attacking the keepers and the, and the, and the guns on chutes, and it's all there, same with the hunts. They're, it's all cameraed straight in your face every minute they're there waiting for their reaction, and it's straight on social media. You know, hunters threaten people with guns, badger murderers threatening people with their guns, and, and it's all for the headlines and the, you know, meccos look bad, where basically we're just getting on with the job. We mm-hmm. do quietly, and like the areas where the cull's been, a couple of two, three years into the cull, we see massive reductions in TB in the herd. But now we've got, <laughs> A bit political. We've got Boris in number ten, and his uh, now wife, who's from right. welfare, and yeah, I, I think they're leaning leaning very hard on stopping the coal, despite the fact it's working quite well. But there we go, science. So let me let me. Science doesn't always win when got emotions involved, does it? As we as we both know oh. very well.
2: So just a a simple question. Do you want to see your badge colour, badger colour? Do you want to see badges eradicated? No.
1: They're part of the ecosystem, but they're at unsustainable levels in this country due to um, being protected for as long as they are. I mean, you look all across Europe and badgers are are, are small family pairs that have a set, uh, like a small family each year, and then they move on. Here we have massive family groups. I've seen, scanned across the field with a the thermal, in one patch of like 15, I think was the most I've seen in one place. They're like huge numbers. The damage they're doing. Like I've seen 500-gallon water troughs, like big cattle troughs, cattle, just disappear, fall through the ground where all the tunnels have been underneath. The fences are going down. There's roads being closed in the, in the UK because... Because they're protected, the badges will dig under the roads, so whole sections of roads, because the council can't touch them, they can't be moved because they're protected. So, villagers, like villagers access to villages are shut off because badges are there. And, like, any normal person would say, well, just remove them. But the law is as it is, and, you know, it only takes one person screaming blue murder, uh, you, you, and that's it. Everybody's hands are tied, so... Yeah, we have to um we have to do what we do and do it quietly and yeah.
2: It's amazing that you get sent razor blades in the post, you get sent white powder in the post. You have people outside your house, you know, screaming, doing whatever they want to do. Yet there's no My ex got
1: hit by a car. Deliberately. Um she was walking we were at a hunt meet the one day, uh, walking up the side of the road. The hounds had gone away, um, and we were walking back to our vehicle. And I was on one side of the road talking to somebody, and the aunties were there that day, screaming and shouting and filming as normal. And there's a particular woman, um, I couldn't tell you her name, uh, and she had a Suzuki Vitara Jeep. There'll be plenty of people in the UK who know exactly what I mean with that. And she was ramming her way through, trying to push her way past everybody, uh, my ex-partner just kind of stood her ground and just looked at her, and she drove the car straight into the ex, pushed her into the ditch with the car, like used the car as went to push her over. My lad was about three at the time, and he went over with her, and she just drove away. No ramifications. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But she once, same woman, was pushing away through the horses at me the one day in the car. My little lad w- uh, was gate closing behind the last one. Uh, a less horse coming out, and she missed him by inches. It was one of the lads at the meet, managed I used to grab my son and pull him out of the way. She was riding the throttle and revving past cars, and she'd have hit him that day too. There's nothing, nothing's ever said. Nothing's mm-hmm. ever said to him. Let me ask
2: this. Obviously, this is an American mentality, but has nobody decided to just I don't and I don't know if this is worthwhile or if this actually can happen in the in the UK, but you know, people get sued all the time here in the US, right? Yeah. all sorts of different things. I guess that's not something that happens in the UK. No,
1: not 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 so much. I mean we uh, we had one so a few years ago, I was in southern England who's lived down there, and um, we had one particularly annoying antique. called called the calls have hunt monitors now. Because they changed the change law with hunting. Um, and he basically spent every spare minute he had with a video camera following the hunt round, waiting for them to, to slip, to, to do anything that he classed as illegal. Um, now, my friend was a huntsman, a very good friend of mine. So you imagine you go to work, and every day you're at work, you have somebody with a camera in your face. Every minute of every day, every time you leave your yard, he's they're there following you, shouting at you, following you. Anyway, one particular weekend, it was out of season, and me and my friend were in town, what we are doing, but we happened to see this lad out. We were in our civvy clothes just as we were, and it's like, bloody hell, that's. So we thought, right, well, bit of his own medicine, so put the phone camera on and followed him. Said nothing at all, just walked behind him with a camera in town. And he got quite annoyed and started shouting at us and did the same thing he does not we're doing nothing. You can't stop us being here because that's the, always the thing. You can't, that's what we always get. You can't stop us being here. We're doing nothing wrong. We're doing nothing wrong. So, so same again. We're doing nothing wrong. We'll follow you. Um, and we followed him for about 20 minutes. Got a bit bored of it. Went away. I happened to bump into him again later in a pub in town. So, just went and sat on the table opposite him with a camera on him. just held it on him like that while he had a drink and he was on the phone he phoned the police said he was harassing him it's like how they came out like, how can you come out and tell we're harassing him when he's done this six, seven hours a day three days a week for the last five years and he has no consequence nothing at all but we do it back to him and it's it's the end of the, and we literally just sat there having his own, just holding the camera on just for our own entertainment yeah a little bit immature but when you get it all day, every day, sometimes, mm-hmm. but yeah, they phone the police on us and they came out. And yeah, when they're when they come out to us, nothing gets done,
2: never. So, the anti hunting establishment in the UK and probably much worldwide, you know, in our book, you know, we, seg- we segregate people into three pieces hunters, non hunters, anti hunters and to me the anti hunters as you've you've experienced probably better than anyone are they getting are they getting more of them Are they're getting less of them they're staying the same what what are your thoughts because you interact with them all the day all time ta- all the time
1: i don't think they're getting any more than they ever was but it's just social media amplifies a voice mm. it's, and i'll say you looked on my instagram i don't i'm i'm very aware Of my posts, you know, we've been out and killed what we needed to kill. We don't, I don't put pictures on there. I just, I don't think it puts the right message across. I just think there's no, I'm not saying I never have in the past, but I'm more aware of it now than ever before. And um, yeah, the people in the middle are easily swayed by bad images. Very easily swayed. But I think a lot of people, especially in this country and the government in particular, need to realise what they see on social media is not um, world well, like public perception all around. If you if you looked at Twitter, for example, you'd believe half the world was anti-hunting and was abhorred by everything. Where it's just a small minority, small but very vocal minority, hammering the same message round and round and round. Mm-hmm. I sent you a link the other day, didn't you have the British TV presenter, Joel Spencer? Yep. Um, shot a... Ridiculous. Yeah, he shot a roadie. Just a road um, Not. He's, he's quite a known as a country lad. He supports country food trust. He, he looks after people, he's, you know. And he'd just been stalking and shot a deer for his freezer. And there was an, instantly links of it all over Twitter. And other British celebrities screaming, what was he say? One saying psycho, psycho murderer. And it's why people don't speak out. I mean, there's a lot of celebrities and high profile people in this country shoot. Same as I know you've said before in America. But they won't speak up. They will not because they know what's going to happen. They know the bad press it's going to bring. There's like, when I've been on of game shooting and say pheasant grouse partridge shoots and there is some big names, some big, big celebrities some A-listers there. But, They'll never speak up. They'll never defend you. They'll never defend us because they just don't want the bad publicity that comes with it. They'll happily take the days and the good days out. But, yeah, they won't put their head of the parapet and take the flag.
2: Yeah, I hate that, man. That's, this, that's my biggest goal in life, which is to create a cadre of celebrities, a hundred strong, not too strong, because too strong are going to get hammered. But you get a hundred strong from the US to the UK to anywhere, you know, and they all come out at once and say, we are hunters. They can't cancel a hundred. No. They're going to be like, holy shit. And then all, imagine all the young people that follow them and go, man, you know. Um, I got uh, somebody connected me the other day. I haven't emailed him yet, but um, didn't realize that a very good cricketer um, from back in the day in the UK, is a huge hunter. We're not talking about the the sellout, old Kevin Peterson, from the U, from South Africa to the UK. I'm talking about well, you know what, Ian you Botham. you know about
1: Alistair Cook, don't you? Ian Botham, is, is a, he's a, Ian Botham's in the House of Lords now. He's, he owns a couple of grouse mores. You heard about Alistair Cook. So Alistair right. Cook's a deer stalker. Absolutely murdered in the British press when it came out. Like, and there's you pictures on his Instagram and stuff of him stalking. Now he's shut up about it because he got absolutely slaughtered with it. Alistair Cook's favourite thing outside he's stalking. He loves it.
2: But now we need to help these guys, yeah. man. We need to figure out how to get them all together. And once we get them all together, Ian it's Both one voice. is
1: probably the biggest voice behind British field sports in, in the UK. Like without a doubt, he's now sat in the House of Lords and he's fighting for us. And we need more people with him. I mean, he's quite abrasive. Um, and he divides people, but I like him and he's on our side, and uh, mm-hmm. we need more like him. Like, what's Botham's nickname? Beefy. Beefy. That's yeah. Right. So he, I mean, he owns—he loves his grouse shirt. I think he owns them more. I'm sure, he does. But I, even like the grouse, the the we saw the debate the other day in Parliament. Those the three clowns at Wild Justice that believe they're helping. Oh putting out that they're helping British wildlife, but all all they've achieved so far is set things backwards. I mean, last year, in the UK, we have thing called a general licence, which lets us control predators and um, certain bird species. Now, COVID COVID in the UK are a big problem, crows and jackdaws and and magpies. They challenged that last year and said we were uh, on the case that too many gamekeepers and people were casually killing these birds. Now I said again, going back to my Instagram, I'm sure you've seen the, one of the pictures I've got on there, of some of the damage done to livestock. Yep. So I, um, the daft thing is, now because of what they did to that law, before we could have taken those cross out before things happen. Now you've got to wait until it happens to then react, so they can. They can take, like, you can see, you can have them sat around the field of lambs or calves or he had them taking ducklings. So we got we in that good wild, uh, good duck pond and had a nice hatch of ducklings. Uh, one day I had 12, the next day I had six, the next day I had three, the next day I had one and they're gone. And it was crows taking them. And until they started killing them, we couldn't touch them. Where instead of in the past, we'd have just, right, get them gone. As soon as the birds, the ducklings on the floor, we'd, we'd have removed them. Um, but again, they've got to huge numbers now, and people are illegally trapping them, running last, and then the ants are going out smashing the ladder traps up mm. and like most I know most keepers and people now we've got more um more camera traps out to protect our kit to protect our own traps and stuff and catch people. I mean, it's it's an offence. It is a it's a criminal offence to destroy a trap in this country, but people still do it. And, mm-hmm. and I've had I've caught people on the traps and sent the police round, and they've gone round. They've, you know, they've given them a bollocking, but said, "Don't do it again." That that's all it is. But they will smash traps up. There's no recourse for that, and they think they're helping wildlife, but those magpies and those crows that are decimating songbird nests, bird chicks, and they don't see that. They just see you're killing, you're killing crows, and you shouldn't be killing crows. Just learn a bit if you, if you just have a, a little bit of an education of what? Why we're doing it? But no, no, we,
2: it's just we're wrong, and that's it. So let me um, put a finer point to this because we don't want to belabor the point because I know you know what what you said is it's pretty obvious. If you had your brothers. And I understand that the anti-hunting movement is never going to change their stripes. But if you have to sow seeds of doubt, or quieten their voice, how do you do it?
1: Well, I think it's, big, it's bigger than me. I'm, I'm not the most eloquent person in the world. But in, in the UK, I have some, something called the uh, GWCT, the Game of Wildlife Conservation Trust. Now. They are fantastic. And I, I did a great
2: job on that debate and feeding facts to the MPs.
1: They are. It's down it's, to the science and people need to just put the emotion back a bit and take the science in because they just prove time and time again the benefits of what we do. Um, I think hunters as one need to speak with one voice, I think. The UK particularly, we're very fragmented. We've got Basque and we've got the uh, Countryside Alliance and we've Gamekeepers, there's uh, all these little, little organisations, and we always seem to be on the back foot. The, none of them get out in front of everything. The, the, they always seem to be reacting to a government decision somewhere or a bad story that's come out about. Hundred. We we just rubbish at getting our message out there as a, as an industry as a whole. We just, I don't know, it starts, working together and getting the adverts out in the Sunday Times or something like that because the the league the league against Cruel Sports the uh, Peta all that they, they get the adverts out they're in people's faces the whole time yet then we're all scrabbling on the back foot to react then to try and get we're never out in front of it ever and it just we just seem to get hammered with it and having to constantly explain our position to their lies and crap basically instead of being out in front of them and i think that is that would make the biggest change just not just here but worldwide i think
2: totally agree with you i have this vision of taking out billboards going out into big cities around the world into london into new york into sydney talking about the benefits of hunting and you know, the hearts of hunters and whatnot. So, really, as you said, just get on the front foot and let's fight fire with fire a yeah. little bit instead of the old way that we tend to fight things.
1: Um, no, we, just see, we just seem to want to be left alone. I, I was watching something the other day, um, it was on Field Sports Nation, uh, and they were out deer stalking. And, um, a lad up in Scotland, and he said, In the UK, we seem to wear camo to hide from people, not animals. We don't want people to see us. We're not we're not using it to hide from uh, to hide away from animals. We're just from the public. We don't want anybody wow. to know what we do, and it's right. We don't like when I'm out. I mean, it's not so bad in England as bad as it is in Scotland. But Scotland's you know it's open access, like right to Rome. People can just walk wherever they want, camp wherever, cook wherever. Yeah, it's bad. Like in the UK, it's getting similar. I mean, there's there's footpaths, but People don't stick to them. And to be honest, there's been a few times I've been stalking down in the wood get down on a shot, you think, just always check the thermal before I take a shot. And there's been a few times there's been somebody's dog running through the wood and, and two walkers randomly walking through behind. You think you really shouldn't be here, but you just pull the bolt out, put the gun on your shoulder and walk away. Because you just don't want the aggravation of dealing with them. I don't. Well, if I shoot that deer on it's there, it's perfectly safe. But I know I'm gonna. They're gonna come in and give me an earful, and it's just. I, I, I don't. I don't need the aggravation, and yes, yeah, perhaps I should take the shot and then go and explain myself. But not knowing the reaction you're gonna get when you do it, it's. Uh, yeah, do I want to be there grilling a the deer with somebody filming me shouting abuse at me? Probably not, to be brutally honest. Probably not. So, well, my friend, I appreciate
2: you coming on. Appreciate you giving a voice to and, and giving a little bit of insight to everyone that's not familiar with the UK, not familiar with the system, they're not familiar with the radical anti-hunting movement. I would say the UK is probably the most radical anti-hunting
1: movement on the planet. It's horrendous. It's like it's it's not just anti-hunting, it eh? It's still in mean, the UK seen as a class thing as well. It's seen as a wealthy person. It, the whole part of field sports are seen as wealthy people, and it, it's it's not. It's not. It started with a fox hunting. I mean, the fox hunting was in the past, and game shooting was a, a couple of hundred years ago. It was a preserve of the wealthy. It's not now, it, uh, but it's they don't see that. It, it's a class thing, and it's. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't know how how we're going to change it without getting out there and putting a message out. I I don't know, but I I, with the impending lead ban that's coming in the UK and everything else, it seems like shooting is suffering a death by a thousand cuts at the minute. Just there's nothing big happening, but it's constant niggles and technical. Queries on laws and the you know, banning of lead and this, that, and the other, and just nibbling away at us the whole time. They're going to make it where it becomes very expensive to shoot. When you get to you, know, we're going to use steel and tungsten and bits and pieces of bismuth, and then cartridge cost becomes ridiculous and it puts it out of the reach of the normal people. No. Banning you know shoot banning shooting on national parks, so, or it's getting to a point where only people who own land will be able to shoot. They're going to, it, we're going to lose releasing the game, birds. I'm sure it. There'll be a licensing comes in. Then it'll be no more releases. So, again, it'll be smaller, more wild shoots that are harder to run, cost more. So it it, it will make it the preserve of the wealthy where they're done. And it doesn't look good. It, it, I worry. I, I'm almost certain my kids won't. Be able to do what I've done in my lifetime. I'm almost certain of that, especially my youngest one. I think his his future will look very, very different to to, to mine. So, look it's uh, it is it's sad. It is sad, but it is um, it's the way it's going. And but then we're told, we're constantly told that it's what the public want. It's it's the public's wishes that this is happening, but. of people, they don't care. They don't care. They just react to what they see on social media. And, and,
2: yeah. Yep. There we are. Well, that's why we fight every single day, my friend. That's why we push the message that we do every single day. So, I appreciate you. I appreciate – I'm I'm sorry for, obviously, all the stuff that happens to you. But – Know that you have an ally in us, and our voice is growing every single day. And we're certainly thinking outside the box in terms of how to get out in front.
1: I think that's the only way to make it. Better. Just not just the UK, but all around the world. I think we we just we just got to be better. Got to take a leaf out of the, out of the, out of the Peter's handbook. And get out in get out in people's faces and and. Not hide, like I said, not use our camo to hide from people. Mm-hmm. but not be seen. So. All right, my friend, I'll let you go. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate.
2: I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.